0: Well, it's time for another Kawaii Fi Extra, and this time we're going back to 2001.
1: We're talking about Metropolis, one of Tesca's original mangas from
0: 1949. Wait, who are you? Kawaii Fi Radio Extra. Extra! Uh, konnichiwa and welcome to another episode of Wi-Fi Extra, our little extra podcast where we look into the world of anime and manga and whatever's on our mind at the time. I'm Kyle and joining me are my co-host Kenny and our new host Dee. How are you doing Dee?
1: Hi, I'm good. Oh, I thought
2: you weren't Coco.
0: No, Absolutely no. Uh, if you didn't catch on the last episode, Coco is taking a leave of absence just due to work and family stuff. Um, she will be back at some point in the future. She'll mm-hmm. let us know when, but in the meantime, we've been blessed by the wonderful Dee, who's just agreed to join us on short notice and talk about lots of fun things. Yes, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. fun to have you so far.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really, really glad that you're enjoying my company. <laughs> it
0: could be really worse, it could be awful, we could be could like, be I hate you. It could be terrible, yeah. yeah like you could actually awful. have me
1: muted you, right now and no one be would know. It could be someone
2: who just doesn't like anime, why, why would we invite someone who doesn't like anime? I don't know.
0: Well, that, that has been a concern. But anyway, <laughs> with, with much ado, we are talking about a film that is in the back catalogue, which you can currently watch on uh, Google Play and on YouTube. You do have to buy it, but uh, because you know what YouTube's doing these days, you can buy your films and watch them as you do with YouTube Plus or
2: YouTube
0: Premium, whatever it is. Um, We're talking about Metropolis. Now, this is a film from back in 2001 by Studio Madhouse, um, and it's actually based on a manga from 1949, and it was created by Tesco Osamu, the godfather of anime. Mm -hmm. We've sat down and had a watch of it. What were your impressions?
1: Wow. Absolutely wow the entire time.
2: It's... It's art is the first thing that just grabs me. It's set in this, like, of course it's being called Metropolis, is set in this just incredibly fantastical kind of just gigantic city.
0: It kind of really has a bit of a sort of futuristic steampunk vibe to some of it, but it's not steampunk. Yeah, there's like giant
2: gears and there's zeppelins with uh, like giant diesel like things coming out of it. And it's more that the art just gives you a profound sense of the scale of it all. It really does. Constantly, your your eyes are constantly just being drawn to the background going, wow, that is huge.
0: Obviously, there are a lot of parallels with the design to the characters in this. Um, in particular, if you've seen Astro Boy, you'll immediately go, these look really familiar. Yeah. But everything kind of seems like it's been done in the old sort of Astro mm. Boy style. You know, the big arms, the big legs, the Popeye sort of. Looking proportions of <laughs> yeah, the, the men well. and the, the the girls obviously look lovely, but the men are Popeye.
2: Well, the, which uh, is great. The two girls that were present anyway,
1: the, the only two that we really saw, that we yeah. saw. Yeah.
2: And um, uh, did did we learn the name of the
1: second one? No, I we, don't we, think so. I think she was the maid. She was the maid. Yeah, yeah. she was just the generic background maid. Yeah, mm. she she's there to
0: be made like. Mm. Mm. She was made for it. Oh. Maybe she's made believe. Ah. <laughs> <sighs>
1: That was actually very good. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard of Metropolis, it's set in the great city of Metropolis where the severe community structures and prejudice dominate a world where humans and robots live together. And in this unrest and violence, two people, Shun Sakaban and his nephew Kenichi, they've arrived in Metropolis to investigate a scientist, Dr. Lawton, who's suspected of violating human rights by trading organs. And they've come from Japan. Um, mm. So this is apparently in the real world. It's not just uh, we've made up a world. It's the, oh, you can go to London, you can go to Belgium, or and you Detroit. Know. Detroit, yeah. Mm. I was quite impressed by that. I was like mm, yes.
1: What a weird place to choose. Yeah, to put yeah. We see uh,
2: sort of references to some of the other world locations around it, but we're not really given a clear indication of where this world is set. So. Yeah, mm. it,
0: it feels like it's. It could be Atlantis for all we know, let's be honest. like They don't really give you anything they're grounded on. There's a Look, map. the which... city of
2: Atlantis has risen from the ocean. Only one thing to do. Let's build a giant commercialized city on top of it. Yeah. It'll be great.
0: It'll be wonderful. It'll be fantastic.
1: It's futuristic Atlantis.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, uh, Rapture, like um, uh, Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely, yeah.
0: In this scientist's uh, laboratory, Kenichi discovers a girl who's got no memory of her past life, and he decides to help her. So they run away together as um, Shinsakuban uh, deals with the situation outside. The uncle follows him, and that sends them into the dark secrets of the city where they find. Duke Red. He's the man ruling almost from the shadows. Meanwhile, Kenichi's desperately trying to protect this mysterious girl from the people who are hunting her, but Duke Red and his adopter son Rock have their own deep reasons for trying to find the girl, and it connects to her identity and the struggle for the domination of Metropolis. The city. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a real film where when you it's a real film. Kyle is not good with words It is a real film, tonight. good job. Yeah, real good. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a really great film that explores the different levels of society throughout it and, you know, the different problems that can come with a city of this nature and when you've got almost a two-class system between, you know, humans and robots. Mm,
1: if not yeah. more,
0: yeah. Yeah, and Kenny, you were saying something about, like, we're we all so worried about having the robot uprising, but there's a really good way to solve the problem.
2: Yes, it's. Uh, I've said this a few times to various people, like, I have my own sort of way that I could stop the whole robot uprising, AI revolution that everyone's terrified of. It's basically that you make sure that um, when an AI is sort of waking up to that whole, it's like, am I real? Am I like, am I alive? Kind of thing. You make sure there's two things waiting in front of him. Number one, A uh, bill of rights written up a long time before, basically saying um, we grant you equal rights as a living being, air Mm. quotes. Mm. Number two, a slice of birthday cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can't eat said cake. It's
2: totally the thought that counts. It's like in all forms of film and media where there's a robot uprising, it's because people like break the robots and are hateful of them because they might be dangerous and stuff. If you just show respect and be nice... That's averted. That's
1: why you should always say thank you to them after you ask Google a serious question. (laughs) Every time you have to say thank you.
0: You must do, because when the robot uprising occurs, she'll remember.
1: She will remember. They remember everything. They're always listening.
0: (laughs) They're always listening. That's the lesson. (laughs) Oh no! Oops. Is that is that that your phone's attacking you? The the uprising has begun. Oh no! Started. Curses!
1: The phone's learnt from the film. Curse your
2: <laughs> sudden but inevitable betrayal.
0: Now, um, th- this film actually has some parallels to a film from 1927. It was a German mm. expressionist film of the exact same name, Metropolis. Indeed. Yeah. Mm. And uh, have you seen it? No, I mm-hmm. haven't. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've seen a lot of
2: it but mm. not all of it from ages ago I tried to watch it while I was at university the parallels are actually pretty significant especially in the visuals of the city and this scientist trying to create a robot woman his sort of like perfect galatea kind of woman
0: oh okay so
2: the parallels are there the uh it's kind of one of those things that you watch if you're into like film history and stuff yeah
0: See, apparently Tezka had only seen like a single still image of the film but when he was writing this uh, manga. And that, that was the only part which kind of influenced him, he says. It was like in a magazine or something. From a happened?
2: single oh, wow. still image, he created an entire yeah. p-
0: manga.
1: World. Well,
0: yeah. I think he already had an idea and just was like, that. I like that aesthetic, I'll take that. It's
1: just that tiny spark that starts the fire. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. On the t- on the note of starting a fire, that opening scene, oh. it's like if it's got a real 1984 vibe like George Orwell like oh you know the world is all dark and everything in power and then the massive jazz band starts up and you're like hang on what yes
2: (laughs) and that is constant throughout this the soundtrack in the background it's not sort of omnipresent it's there's a lot of silence and then sort of like happy kind of brassy 1920s kind of music just comes through and it's I don't know what to make of it. You do. It
1: gives you a lot of whiplash very quickly. Mm. It goes from very dark and grungy to all of a sudden very upbeat and happy. Yeah,
0: Especially at the end. No spoilers. No spoilers. But 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 the the music at the end, while it's wonderful music, it doesn't feel quite right.
1: It's almost unsettling yeah. because it's not quite right to what's happening right at the end.
0: Sort of a bit like um, A Clockwork Orange where they put mm, like, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> less said about that, the better right That's now. It's another <laughs> adult thing you don't want to <laughs> watch. That's making a list. Um, a strange, this does have a, the setting has a strange combination of different world elements. It's definitely meant to be on Earth, as we said. Obviously, it connects to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Japan and America and uh, Denver because yes. Denver. Um, and... It also kind of doesn't have a spot in the world. It's a very 1940s Europe vibe to the scenery. And along with that, there's the underlying tone for the army and the revolution that is including some serious sort of. I guess you could say allusions to the time it was Mm. made. Yeah. Which, you know, you will see throughout that film. And considering this was made in 2001, they must have been very faithful to the original content to get this feel because you you watch it and you don't think it's made in 2001, not in a bad way. You just go, this really looks like it was made in, like, the 50s. Well, except for the
2: inclusion of almost, um, like, 2000s-level CGI in a couple of places. Mm. Mm. Used sparingly but kind of artistically. Like, there's an enormous fish Mm. In oh, the policeman's like the office. Fish. You didn't like that. He
1: creeped me out. The textures were just all wrong. Yeah. It lo- he looked fuzzy and I was not about it <laughs> at all.
0: Kind of a bit like 1999 CG. Yeah. Like, uh, not not Matrix. Yeah, Godzilla. Like, original <laughs> yes. Godzilla, where it's just, it's there, but it doesn't quite fit.
1: It almost reminded me of the, like, Animorph books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of the bad CGI on the front covers. That's what that fish reminded me of. (laughs) It just just took me back too far. It's too far. It's too far. far. Oh, wow. Uh,
0: But look, there are a lot of good characters in this, and the characterization of them and the way they're drawn is very, very like (laughs) 1940s, 1950s Tezka, despite being made in 2001, so they've really stuck to it. I mean... I
2: kind of delighted in the fact that uh, the uh, main sort of, like, detective character, Shinsaku Ban, he's his uh, actual name is Detective Mustachio.
0: Yeah, in the manga. It's, uh, mm. I delight in that so much. He, he almost had, like we were discussing this, Dee, because he's got some bits of him which look a bit like Tintin almost.
1: Yeah, his eyes are very, very Tintin-esque. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of different character parts in mm. everyone that you can kind of pick where he's gotten the inspiration from. Yeah. And like they seemed a lot of the people like uh, the Duke and a couple others yeah. were very bird-like in the they way were. that they looked.
0: Especially their hair.
1: The hair and their facial features as well, which like was really massive interesting. Massive
0: noses to look like beaks almost.
1: Big, big noses.
2: And mm. the way they moved a couple of times, I believe you said uh, something earlier on, it's like, oh, this reminds me of Popeye.
1: Yes. I've oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just the swinging way, their arms. They're swinging <laughs> their arms. They've got big, big cactuses under their arms, and they're swinging them around <laughs> so they don't prick themselves.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Now, um... We did mention that um, this Detective Mustachio, which I still think is the better name than Shinsaku Ban, but uh, Kenichi is the assistant detective to his uncle. And um, when Kenichi goes missing, his uncle just doesn't seem to care. Yeah, He's it's an uh, awful
2: uncle. Yeah, uh, and the uncle is accompanied by a robot who the mm. uncle names after a dog.
0: Mm. And so not um, breach human rights. Absolutely. Y- <laughs> yes, it's, uh,
2: well, I, I don't know. As, as this uh, movie went on, we just sort of decided man, this uncle's kind of a horrible person.
0: Yeah, he's like, just like... He's
2: not he's, showing in a negative light, but a
0: bunch of his actions
2: just make you think...
0: Kenichi goes into a burning building and then disappears. And he at, doesn't see at, for at a few days. That's the uncle's
2: request as well. Go around the back, Kenichi. And then he just seems fine there
0: having some food. Mm. And just he's just chatting. really
1: into that ice cream he's really that into he didn't ice cream. pay for. That he
0: didn't pay for. He's, like, super dodgy. That he's happens, like, three good. times. Yes, yeah, very yeah. dodgy. <laughs> um. Then you've also got Tima, who is the main girl you'll see on like all the artwork. Blonde haired girl. Um, we're pretty sure she has like, hair dryers implanted in her shoulders so she can go super sane whenever she wants. I wonder <laughs> if
1: I can get some of those. That would make my life great. so much quicker. be great for cosplay. It'd it'd just like so you stand good. there and power
0: up with LEDs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd
1: never have to add any lights to any costumes. This is the
0: cyberpunk future we all want.
1: <laughs> this is the hair dryers in our shoulders. This <laughs> is the apocalypse that I really, really want. It's just <laughs> this film.
0: Now, Tima has a lot of purity themes associated. With her, there's white doves. There's an angel motif at some point. Mm -hmm. She glows angelically
1: a lot. She glows blue and white,
0: and and a little bit of yellow. A little
1: yellow, yeah. I think
2: she's got an app for that. She can select (laughs) the colour she wants to glow.
1: (laughs) Speaking Uh, of uh, upgrades,
2: (laughs) we want
0: (laughs) I glow (laughs) 2.0. Um, but there there are also these non-humanoid looking, you know, robot people like Fifi, aka Albert II, the trash robot.
1: He's my favorite. I love him so much. I would absolutely die for this robot. He was so lovely. He was so so lovely and so pure. Uh, the first time you see him, you think there's a dog. Because it's not yeah, a dog.
2: Because there's like a sound being made. So like a
1: ooh, ooh, You kind think of it's a-, a little dog that's stuck in this drain. And then it's kind of he just appears and eats this robot dog and then you realise, actually, the dog noises was Albert.
0: Yep. And he's just like, oh, so that was just like a stuffed animal. Yes. Oh, oh thank-, good. Whoa. thank goodness. Thank goodness. It's <laughs> just like, no, that no, the dog's, dog's dog.
2: still just making sounds. Ooh, <laughs> Sorry, no. that's
0: a bit dark. Oh, No. <laughs> no. The dog is taking control of Albert. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a mech suit. It's a dog Gundam. It's a dog Gundam. <laughs> Secretly, we all knew this day would come.
0: <laughs> um, we've also got our antagonists, which has come in the form of Duke Red, who's sort of the unofficial ruler of Metropolis, and he's kind of overseen the construction of a massive skyscraper called the Ziggurat, which he claims will allow mankind to extend its power across the planet. And his hitman, Rock, which. Uh, He's a robot hater, essentially. I yeah. thought he was a robot. I did too. I like he's very sort of cold, methodical. Yeah.
2: Reminds me a bit of the Terminator.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> actually. But mm. he plays an important role in the film, and you will see that when you watch it. Mm. And of course, Atlas, the Atlas. leader
2: of the revolution. Atlas. Your bay,
1: my bay. <laughs> I just revolution boys. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. He's all about the anarchy. He's yeah. about fighting the good fight. He's getting out there and putting himself out there. <laughs>
0: Inevitably he's uh gonna have to uh, <laughs> you know. sacrifice some part of himself for the cause. Just
1: some parts of himself,
0: (laughs) yes. But look, if you haven't seen Metropolis, this is definitely a film worth checking out. It's got a lot of hallmarks of things that you'd see in like Astro Boy and some of the older animes, but in a 2001 production, so it's in full HD quality, it's beautifully drawn, the art style is just phenomenal, especially for Mm. backgrounds, um, and the characters are really lifelike they're not you know sometimes you see some of these older ones and the characters feel almost a little bit stilted or unreal doesn't suffer from that at all but um the
2: storytelling at the mm, start is a little bit weird but you get a better idea for what's going on as it plays Mm. along
1: it has a really good way of getting you really attached to characters very quickly as well like even minor characters that you see for only a couple minutes at a time you become really attached to just like fifi yeah
0: (laughs) fifi was in it for all of like 10 minutes? Yeah,
1: if that. And it's just before,
0: you only find out uh, that it, it's being called Fifi after, well, towards the end of those 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it has a name? I just thought it was Albert. It's you're just Albert. Albert. He's Albert now. He's Albert.
1: I refuse to call him Fifi.
2: Why do these people keep naming the robots after dogs?
0: Uh well, as we said, so that you don't accidentally give them human rights because that's the issue in the film. Ah, uh, yeah, that's mm. actually
2: no, I, I get shot.
0: Yeah. Um also like just just going out on the on a random thing, Duke Red has a giant freaking gun thing built into the top of that uh mm. and uh yeah. it's 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 used and then it's put away and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Doesn't everyone? It's it's,
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dee's preparing to be an evil mastermind.
1: I'm ready for this this apocalypse.
2: Do you not have plans to build a giant laser in your
0: house? And on that bombshell.
1: Kauai Fire
2: Radio.
0: And that's where we need to leave things for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Next episode, we will be back with another full episode of Kauai Fire Radio. We're looking at the world of Ghost in the Shell.
2: I mean, I'm just still just stuck on the fact that you don't have plans to build a giant laser in your house, man. You're, you're
0: really going to push this,
2: guys. Aren't it, you? It's yeah. two against one here, it man. Absolutely, you're is. the weird one here. I'm the weird one. You're the weird one. I'm the one. weird one. You're the weird one for not having doomsday plots. Oh, oh, of
0: course, of course, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so Ghost in the Shell. i um, speaking of sort of doomsday plots. Mm. I don't know any series. Following a theme. Uh, whether it's the original '90s film, which was fantastic, the animated series, or even the recent Hollywood live adaptations. Uh, Ghost in the Shell has been a pretty important part of the anime landscape for a good 30 years.
0: Yeah, and we do have that Netflix adaptation landing in the next week, so it's time we have a look back at where this series came from.
1: If you've got this far, maybe hit that subscribe button. Then you get all our upcoming episodes straight to your device. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram and Facebook pages for breaking anime news and videos.
0: You've been listening to Kawaii Radio. Thank you for joining us, and until next time,
1: watch some anime!